With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome and here we go. As man, suddenly we are in uh, December and the season is flying by kind of sort of um, with uh, the COVID scenario. It's uh, Hook and Landry. He is Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. Uh, glad to have you on board. And... We're going to break down some SEC, some uh, complete NCAA, uh, college football, and also we'll talk some NFL as we do each and every Monday on this program. If you haven't been to LandryFootball.com, you're just crazy. Um, You're going to learn more about football and especially, you know, there's actually in some ways with COVID more news um, that Chris is staying on top of in in a weird sort of way. I'm sure it's not the news he'd like to cover, nor I, but. Uh, that's where you need to go is LandryFootball.com. So, uh, Chris, let's get rolling here. Um, it's winter, but it's also the season of freeze. If you're Hugh Freeze, <laughs> what game, what teams do you have your eye on? Or are you patient and go another year at Liberty? Now, I remember Lane Kiffin had a great first season at FAU and he had offers and chose to wait and get a better offer. And then he had like a four and six season. Mm-hmm. So you could always have the rug pulled out from you, but it, it's worked for him. If you're Hugh freeze, how are you handling this? Well, I think you have to be patient because it depends upon who is interested, where they're going to be openings. We know that uh, South Carolina um, was Obviously not that interested uh, in Hugh Freeze, and we don't know because they weren't interested whether Hugh, if that was, if he felt that was the right job for him. Um, so they've obviously moved on. They've hired Shane Beamer. Um, I think we need to keep an eye out on Auburn. I don't think Auburn's going to do anything on Gus Malzahn, an ugly loss to Mississippi State. You know, you never know how reactionary those folks are, but they owe them a, a whole lot of money. I think Gus Melzahn is going to be back. I think Jeremy Pruitt's going to be back. Um, but I think those are two programs that we need to be on the lookout for, potentially for you, Freeze, particularly Tennessee. Um, but I think that's going to be next year. I, I don't see the other openings in the league. Um, you know, there's nothing. I, I don't think Vanderbilt's a fit. I don't think he'd be interested there. I would not recommend that he considered that and there's no other openings. Um, you know, obviously Mississippi State's in a first year coach, and Arkansas and Missouri are and doing well. 
LSU, certainly things will get tougher for Ed if he doesn't win, but nothing's going to happen there. Ole Miss is in the first year. A&M's doing great. So everybody, you know, we're, I think they're in a holdover. Um, would it be possible? I don't think it's going to happen this year. In fact, I'm sure it's not that maybe Virginia Tech would make a move on Justin Fuente. Um, if that were to come open, would you be interested in that? I don't think, again, that's going to happen this year. So if I had to bet right now, I would say that Hugh Freeze is going to be back at Liberty next year. No, he wouldn't be a fit at Michigan if that Michigan if that job came open, and I don't know that it is unless Jim moves on. So I, I'm going to say that he stays there, but just as soon as I say that, there's a job that opened up that I don't anticipate. You know, when people always like to say, well, what's going to be the shocker, Chris? Well, if it was a shocker, <laughs> if it's a shocker, I wouldn't know. Cause if it, if I knew it wouldn't be a shocker. Right. So I don't, right. I don't see that, that opening happening for you right now. I would have gone ahead and made the move, made a run at him. If I were South Carolina, I'm happy for Shane Beamer. Um, but I, I would have certainly made a run at him there. We'll see. Well, it's, uh, interesting too. You mentioned Tennessee, and I uh, covered uh, Michael Orr and uh, very closely, and he absolutely loved Philip Fulmer. So that's my favorite coach. My favorite coach. I thought it was a slam dunk they were going to get him, and I think there were some things that happened there. <laughs> yeah, there were some things that yeah, happened. Okay, yeah, <laughs> is that a nice way of putting it? Yeah. Uh, so good, good job. <laughs> I wonder. If there would be, yes. if the job came open, if Philip would even entertain, no, you freeze. Philip would not entertain him. <laughs> no, but I, I, I think the issue is, in a year, and you've mentioned this, we've talked about this. If it gets so bad, and certain powerful people want Hugh Freeze, then it could be a. Jeremy, you're gone, and Philip, you're gone. I, I, you nailed it, my friend. There is no way in hell unless he is forced to, and it would be, it would be forced to like you, you know, forced a farm animal. You're gonna, I, I, now you know Philip is very powerful and he's very political. He's got a lot of clout. He's not hiring you, Freeze. You are right, um, but I know that Hugh Freeze is always mentioned, like growing up the respect of the Tennessee. I mean, he had, you know, it's the famous quote that he and his wife were driving through East Tennessee one, I guess one vacation time. And they got out and they walked into Neyland stadium. I guess gates are open. And I've been in the summertime or something, wasn't it? And he said, wouldn't it be great to one day be coaching here? This was long, long time ago. And, um, might've been when he was at Lambeth, you know, and, um, and the other part of the state. Um, so, um, you know, I, I I think that's a place he would like to be, and I think if he kind of winked at him, and I think that if he had continued to have success in another year next year, and you mentioned sometimes you fall off the radar, right? If you don't don't strike where the iron's hot, but I just I don't think Tennessee's going to be open. I don't think Phillips going anywhere, and that's why I said Tennessee because I think there's a whole lot. I mean, Dave, you know this. There's a whole lot of desire by the fan base to want Hugh Freeze and in um, Tennessee fan base, that is. And I think maybe there might be, might be some powerful people that might want him in a year. But I think that would require, you know, again, 
Philip, you're doing this like it or not, or Philip, you're gone. I, I don't know. So I, I wouldn't bet on it. And heck, I don't know that Auburn would do it, Dave. Auburn's very fickle, very unique. Um, so we just, we just need to see, I know that he has his eyes set on a big time SEC job. And I think certainly Auburn and Tennessee would qualify. And, um, I don't know that, uh, I don't know that right now there's not any openings around the corner. Uh, are you surprised by how well Mac Jones has played this year? I mean, they just keep rolling on. I, I thought there might be a step back, uh, after what they lost at the quarterback position the past couple of years, but I mean, he's just uh, 385 yards on Saturday, four touchdowns. It's been unbelievable. Yeah. Look, I thought he had a chance to have success. Did I think he'd be like Heisman Trophy caliber, you know, playing that level? No, I, I didn't see that. Now, look, there's a lot of talent around him. But, folks, anybody that will dismiss what he's done by saying there's a whole lot of talent around him and that's all it's about, that's baloney. Uh, this guy, and, and and it starts with the protection. He can set his feet, but he's good under blitz pressure. He can set protections. He's very accurate. Um, look, I, I, yes, there's a lot of talent around him. Yes, the protection is good, um, but he's also done a really good job. And I got to tell you, he's he's got some future at the next level. He's not only done a great job this year for this team, and I think they're the favorite to win the title. We'll see what happens. And I think he's made himself a lot of money, Dave. I think he's his draft stock has has shot up quite a bit. I wouldn't be surprised at all, late first round, that he gets his name called. Same question about Kyle Trask. Exactly oh. same question. How how surprised are you? I, uh, I thought he was going to be average. Yeah, I'm less surprised with him. I thought he had more ability to become a you know, he was the potential guy that, you know, when people said, who's going to be this year's Joe Burrow, my answer was, well, nobody's going to be that because that's, I mean, how you, I mean, no, no one's going to throw 60 touchdowns. I mean, there's a reason why that was a, a, a freakishly good year, right, Dave? I mean, <laughs> you don't turn around and have a freakishly good year and say, oh, yeah, who's going to do that again this year? No, no, no. That's the whole point. It, it, we probably won't live to see that, you know, uh, uh, maybe to that level um, again. But Kyle Trask was the guy that I thought had the chance to really take that step up because of, you know, what Dan's been able to do with quarterbacks. It's been a phenomenal job that he's done with them. And, I, you know, listen, I think having a great tight end like Kyle Pitts is certainly helped. But look at how well he, he performed when Kyle Pitts was out. I, I, I think it. Um, he's had a Heisman type of year. I think that Max, uh, excuse me, uh, that uh, Mac Jones has as well. The, the only the only problem with Mac is I, I, he may be the third best player on his offense. Devontae yeah. Smith may be the best player in the country. Najee Harris is is deserving as well. If I was gonna, if I literally, if you said, give me five Heisman finalists, I mean, I'm not saying it's gonna happen this way, but. I think legitimately three of them, if I were just going to look at the best play, I think three of them would be Alabama players. (laughs) Just take the Alabama plane and send it to, you know, I don't know how they're going to do it this year. It's going to be virtual this year. So put it in the Alabama room. You got three. Here's the thing. I think Kyle's has got the lead right now, but I don't know what you think because this award usually is about what you do to the end. They're going to face each other in a couple of weeks. 
in the conference championship game. And Alabama's got a better team. How Kyle Trask plays in that game is going to matter a lot. Let's just say he doesn't have a great game. It might cost them the Heisman just because people are fickle that way in terms of voting. And, you know, I, I think it's fair to say, I think certainly I encourage everybody that votes to watch the entire year, but I think Kyle's been phenomenal. Uh, but a little bit, I'm a little bit surprised with both. Yeah, you n- you never win it in um, September, especially not this year because they didn't play half of the month. Um, as far as uh, other surprises, uh, what stood out to you about the weekend, either uh, SEC or uh, we can bust out nationally as well? Well, a couple of things jump out at me, um, and it's not the biggest. It's certainly the maybe the most interesting news of the weekend was the whole coastal Carolina BYU game. Mm-hmm. Interesting, Dave, that they pulled that game. Think about this for a second. The speaking of Liberty and you freeze, that's the game that, cause it was Liberty coastal Carolina got postponed due to COVID and oh, what a year it's been. So BYU Thursday folks, Thursday, they get that game together Thursday morning. The BYU truck drives overnight for from Provo, Utah, all the way to South Carolina. They get in and do that game, which goes to my point. Wouldn't college football be better if we had, if we use the bowl games to take some of the best matchups? You don't need to schedule all the games seven years in advance, folks. We can get games done quicker than that. Now, Thursday for Saturday is a little ridiculous. That's not a good plan, ideally. But that was interesting. And then how the game played out, how it went all the way towards the end that jumped out in the race for what may many perceive as sec coach of the year. Now I could say that Nick Saban deserves it probably deserves it most years. Jimbo Fisher's had an outstanding year, but it probably has been Sam Pittman and uh, Eli Drinkwich. Well, I would say that for all the talk about everybody, just, just cementing the award for Sam Pittman and he still might get it. I would submit that Eli Drinkwitz and certainly winning the head-to-head matchup might give him the edge there. And I don't think we've talked enough about there. I think the media hasn't as much about Missouri as they have Arkansas, but that deserves to be uh, of high mention. Um, The other interesting news is, as expected, Urban Meyer kind of taking his name out of the Texas. They made a run at him. That's not going to happen. And yet Texas scored 69 points last week against Kansas State. Uh, that was interesting. Um, Indiana was very impressive. Uh, how far has the Florida-Tennessee game gone down for that? I realize it's weird to play it this late, but uh, that was about as competitive as the Alabama-LSU game. Boy, have things changed this year. Alabama looks dominant. Um, and, I, you know, I would say that, um, you know, Clemson certainly made a statement in the end. What I've come to the conclusion is with Clemson and Notre Dame not playing this week and basically having a, a bye week with with Clemson obviously not playing Florida State, Notre Dame not playing Wake Forest. It's Clemson and it's Notre Dame, and I think Notre Dame is a virtual lock to make the playoffs. They don't need to beat Clemson. Uh, I'll revisit it if – say Clemson gets blown out by 40 points against, uh, excuse me, Notre Dame gets blown out 30, 40 points against Clemson. I think Notre Dame is in, and I think Clemson's going to be in because I think they're going to beat Notre Dame in two weeks. 
I think Alabama, if they're able to beat Arkansas this weekend, they will. I think they're going to be in whether they win their conference championship game or not. I think that only matters. They'll be in. And so as I look at it, I think the storyline is, is Michigan going to play this week against Ohio State? Is Ohio State? I think the Big Ten is going to pull whatever strings necessary to get Ohio State a game and clearly get them into the conference championship game, which they're going to need probably seven wins at least to at least to not make a mockery of selecting them because I do think they're one of the four best. But Dave, they can't be four and four and zero. Oh, well, right now five and zero. Oh. They're they're going to have to get to seven games. So that's kind of my rundown of what I thought. A and M's good, not great. You know, Florida's good, not great. Cincinnati's good. not. I mean, I, I think there's a drop-off after three, and I think Notre Dame has clearly earned themselves into at least the fourth spot. But I, I still think the three teams that I thought were going to be the elite teams in the country this year at the beginning of the year are the three teams that I still think are elite, and that's Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. The one difference is, is I think it's going to be tough for – either one of those two teams to beat Alabama. I think Alabama is on a little bit of a different level, a little bit of a different plane right now. What did you make? Um, I can't remember the timing of this. If we, uh, I know we didn't discuss it. And I think cause it happened like the day after our last podcast, but what did you make of uh, Kirk Herbstreit? Who's not a Stephen A. Smith or a Max Kellerman. He's not a hot take guy. But his statement that really riled up Michigan, that maybe Michigan just wouldn't play Ohio State just to hurt their chances moving forward. That's that's not a Kirk Herbstreit type of statement. I thought that was pretty, pretty out of character. Yeah. And look, um, I mean, there there's no question that there are certain teams this year that it probably benefited them, Dave, from not getting a block. I'll give you an example. I don't think there's any doubt that LSU would have – they clearly tried to avoid playing Alabama the first time. And it wasn't – oh, absolutely. Because okay. everything's recruiting. They knew they weren't that, – that was going to look bad. And they didn't know at the time. The SEC has, by the way, knock on wood – we're running out of time, but it looks like unless something bad happens and it is early in the week, they said, the SEC office said, we're getting our 71 games in because we're getting all our TV money. And by the way, um, LSU, you're playing Alabama, you know, <laughs> last week. Because CBS wanted to – even though the game sucked, they wanted Florida, Tennessee, and Alabama, LSU – in a double header, even though again those were not games that they anticipated being good, it still was a draw, and CBS has been hurting. And if they don't get their allotment of games, then the SEC is not going to get all their money. So they are steadfast in all these games. You, you, we're going to play them any way possible. That's why. That's why in two weeks we're going to have quote unquote meaningless games being played while Alabama and and, and Florida are playing for the SEC championship. Why are they doing that? for television. Well, I do think that the optics it it Florida State probably didn't hurt their feelings that they didn't get to play Clemson. It it makes it makes it look bad. Now, I, the first my first thought was no, that's not true. It's a competitor. 
But look, when you're trying to if if you're trying to sell the fact that you're Michigan, if that game gets canceled this week, um the Big Ten's not going to allow it. I mean, Michigan might like to stick it to Ohio State, but the Big Ten wants their representative to be there. But if you don't play the game, then you don't have to say, hey, Ohio State, you know, you don't have to sit there and take it that Ohio State beat us by 40 points. If you didn't play, it was canceled. You might know that they that would have been a happen. So I, I think there's a lot of truth to it, but you can't really prove it and probably wasn't maybe the best thing to be said, but I, I, I have no problem with it. I would have said it maybe differently, but look, there's some of these teams while maybe not wanting to skirt the game, um, avoiding to play one of these games and getting embarrassed. Look, I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty embarrassing to have some of those games. I mean, I, I think it is. I mean, I, I think it really is. No, I agree. Um, a game that I thought was embarrassing. I'm going to turn to the NFL for a second because uh, I really thought the, the Tennessee Titans would beat the Browns. I'm not sure of the spread beforehand, but uh, just to kind of come out flat like that doesn't seem like a Mike Vrabel uh, sort of team uh, to get outscored 38 to seven in the first half. That, that wasn't good. And that's not a team that's designed to, to come back from that. No, it's not. And, particularly coming off of what was an impressive win in which it looked like, all right, that's the Titans are taking control of the South and beating the Colts and then having that game. A couple of things jump out at me, though. You mentioned not being able to come from behind. That's, that's a problem, although they they did chip away and, and made it a little bit closer cosmetically at the end. Got some alarming problems in the Titans secondary. And uh, Cleveland ate them up. Now, Cleveland hasn't been throwing it all that effectively lately. They've been relying on the run, and they've had some bad weather games where they've just focused on the runs, and their opponents have been more of their game plan. But Baker Mayfield played pretty well. I mean, he kind of ate up that Titan secondary. So that would that's my concern for the Titans. Their playoff team, you know, last year they played Kansas City pretty well. You can play their good line of scrimmage team, no doubt. But um, they're going to get lit up like a Christmas tree in the secondary, and if they get behind, they're going to be in trouble. And I think they're they're more competitive teams um, that's going to be in the playoffs in the AFC this year that that potentially can beat them. So, yeah, I've got some concerns, um, and it's certainly a game that I thought Tennessee at home would win, win a close one. That they weren't really in this. I thought the Browns dominated the game and the Titans just kind of chipped away, as I said, made it look a little bit cosmetically a little bit better than it was. Are you sold either for good or bad on Baker Mayfield? You know, um, because the jury's still out for me, I'm I'm really having trouble. The jury's still out, but I'm trending towards this guy is starting to get it, he's starting to play with more consistency. Look, it's never a if you're a hundred percent. I mean, you're all we're always a work in progress. So I, you know, I mean, you know, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning at the end had had done enough, but but everybody's still a work in progress at every stage. I think he still is a work in progress, but the guy can make plays in the passing game. He still needs to be a little bit careful at times with the ball, where he will make some decisions that scratch your head. 
But I think Kevin Stefanski is one of the candidates for coach of the year. I think he's done a phenomenal job stabilizing things. Um, so as somebody that was more of a skeptical of Baker Mayfield, I need to see more. He's starting to trend towards he's showing me some of those things. So count me in on a guy that's liking him, but but the jury's still out in my mind. But he's trending that way. And I listen, look, I mean, it's it's why they are. I mean, it's why they're, you know, you know, what eight, eight and three, nine and three. I mean, they, look at that record. That's they they are potentially a dangerous team in the playoffs. And I think they showed that Sunday. Uh, I don't think they're dangerous in going deep, but you don't want to play this team the first round because they can light you up and they can run it as well, and the defense is pretty good. They're probably a little bit more well-rounded than Tennessee when you look at it, and that's saying an awful lot. Do you think the Chiefs are getting bored at all? Uh, Because there is no way that they're not six points better than the Broncos. Yeah, um, I think a couple of things. I think the familiarity with Denver, because Denver played them pretty well defensively the first time. Denver has – they do a couple of things. They play – even with the guys that they've got out of the, the their lineup, they do a really good job at the line of scrimmage, getting their hands on the passing lane, and I I think they've they deserve some credit. I, I do think that when you're a offensive team, in which you know it's I equate it to a great shooting team in basketball. They just sometimes it's just not there. And, and, you know, you just got to take it to the basket, right? I mean, the outside shot's not there and it's always there and it's not there tonight. And I got to figure it out. I, I think what you see with them is, and it's not the only game that we've seen this to where they've had to go to the short passing game and people break their rhythm. I mean, here's how you got to play the chiefs. You've got to play maximum guys in coverage and, and, and you don't chase them because Mahomes will just run around and make plays. So I think what you're seeing is, a Chiefs team that well, maybe there's a little bit of boredom, but I think more than that is that their offense is not going to be at the highest peak level every time. And sometimes they have to rely on the control passing game or the run game a little bit more than normal. I got to ask you about that Tyreek Hill catch that wasn't a catch oh. and that nobody challenged. And that's the first time in my life. I like, one of the things I love about football is you can always get a first on a particular Saturday or Sunday. It's the first time in my life where I saw a receiver get up that had caught the ball and didn't think he caught the ball. That's right. It was the opposite. It was just like, I'm not even fighting for it. So then, of course, Andy Reid doesn't fight for it. That was just – Well, and and it was – and you think about it and you say, how how did it happen? It's one of those things that was clearly a catch, but it's nobody's fault. Right. That you missed it because – you look at it, and I'm like, no, 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 that had to hit the ground. And after the fifth time, you said, no, it didn't. Let me look at it again because I think it hit the ground. No, it didn't. Well, I think the same – first of all, you're right. Most of the time they tell you, I caught it, I caught it, challenge it, coach. And no, you didn't. And Well, he – obviously he lost control of it. But when he lost control of it, I think he thought it hit the ground and it was laying right. kind of on him. So he doesn't know he caught it. With. He doesn't know he caught it. I mean, and we're looking at it. The officials couldn't see it really live, and the um, and and well, what's Andy Reid going to? He can't see it, and upstairs where well, they can't see it. I think the one thing that I would say is they have to look at every score, but this wasn't a score, 
So, right. like, if they would have called it a touchdown, they clearly would have reviewed it several times and said, yes, it was a touchdown. But you had to cha- – to me, this is where replay, when you have the chance to look at it over and over again and you specialize in that, you could have probably caught that. But the, the way we currently have the replay system, well, you move on because if it's not challenged – well, then you can't overturn a non-catch, ruled non-catch. That probably, I mean, clearly if you could review that, Dave, it's a touchdown. And and clearly we did review it. We, we didn't review it officially. So that's why I've always said if you can have the replay system to where it's not replay, but it's viewed up in real time and they can look at it, they could correct something like that. But in our current system, we, you can't. That was well, just amazing. I thought the weird part too, the Chiefs kind of punted really quickly, and there wasn't a clock any sort of issue. I I just thought that they they seemed to uh, to punt really quick and not not take a second look because there was no indication from the player, as you said, that I yeah. caught it, and so they're thinking, you know, and then there there is no if if you have to challenge it and you know, if there's one thing I guess to be learned from it is yeah, maybe to take a little more time and let's see if up in the review booth, you know, not, not the officials, but if up in the, your coach's booth, if you're looking at it and you can you give a little more time and say, Hey, Andy, he caught that the challenge. Like if you have that, that is something that they could have done. But I think what threw them is, that Tyreek's not given any indication that he caught it. That was, like you said, the comical part of it because it is always the other way. It's always, I caught it, Coach. It bounced three times, Dave. Thank you. But I, I caught it, Coach. My hands were underneath. No, it wasn't. But, you know, that you, it was – it. like you said, you, you never know. You watch something and they say there's nothing new you're going to see, and that was – that was something that was a first for me that I, I can't see how that is. You don't think you caught it, but he didn't, he didn't feel he caught it. We we're having a birthday party for my son. And, um, I was the first to see it out of the corner of my eye, not even really looking at it. I think he may have caught that. And I think everybody in the room called me stupid. And what are you talking about? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and it ended up, I didn't really believe he caught it. And then, when you saw it, it took three times. Yes, easily for me. Yeah, I mean, it took at least three times. Yeah, I because say- every every time I'm watching it, I know the ball when, when it's on like his hip and he's holding it. I just know that the ball is getting ready to touch the ground, and it never does. So I'm like, okay, just run it again because I'm not quite sure. Yeah, you're right. It was like it. Uh, that's why I say people say, "Well, how couldn't you get that live? How the heck could you catch it live? There's no way." That's, it's that's one of the things you can't. That's what replay is for to be able to catch it. And even there, you couldn't. And that's one of the things I always say that, you know, okay, we're going to review every touchdown, but what about a play like that? Now, I, l- let me just say this. So let's just say that's an end of the game and that's in the playoffs. Oof. You know, then it's, well, you can't review it. You got to, ch- well, I would say that if it was a crucial point, one thing you could do. If there's, if it's close, then you would just challenge, you know, even though you would just challenge for the heck of it because you never know. So that's the one thing the chiefs could have done. They could have challenged, but that game was close enough to where you're not going to waste the challenge and lose a timeout. 
if you feel like there's no chance and your player's not fighting for it because he doesn't think he caught it, then I think that's that's the key. But, you know, if it was to answer my question, I guess, is, is if it's late in the game and it happens, you just challenge that. And, you know, you might get lucky on something like that. So if there's something to learn about that is if you ever get caught like that, you just challenge if 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 it's going to be the the determining factor in a, say a, a a game. Yeah, I um, Ty- Tyreek Hill and I have something in common. Um, we actually you, did you see his backflip? That's how I start my day when I get out of the <laughs> when I get out of the bed every Jeez. every day. I'm just backflipping to success. Hey, hey, that <laughs> that new that new hip operation gives yeah. you a lot more spring. Well, Woo! Yeah. Over there. Look, watch this, honey. Woo! <laughs> I'm going to brush the teeth. Woo! Yeah, boy, he yeah. Is, he is yeah, something he, else. He is pretty athletic. I will say happy birthday, 16th birthday. Unbelievable to my son, Trammell. So if anyone out there knows where to get a PlayStation 5 for less than $2,000, please let me know. <laughs> oh, wow. Good luck yeah. with that. Yeah. Hey, happy birthday, Trammell. <laughs> They're usually four ninety nine, and people have gobbled them up and are selling so, them online for two thousand dollars. So, um, I know we, I know we're running close. So, educate me here. So, is that PlayStation Five is like an old version or a new version? Brand new. It's brand new. Yeah. So you're telling me it's a four ninety nine deal, but because of the scarcity, they're charging like two grand. This is like scalping. Exactly. Exactly well, then, right. aren't, aren't there some regulations on that? Don't, don't they do that when they sell, when a storm's coming and, they, and they're selling bags of ice for $20? Don't, don't they come in and say you can't do that? Well, 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 why can they allow that to happen? That's just. Well, it's funny you bring that up because there was a situation. Uh, you know, I live in Tennessee. People know that. But uh, there was a situation where in the early days of COVID, the people, uh, these uh, two brothers, bought up uh, all the hand sanitizer. And they were selling them for $50. And there is a point of price gouging is a crime and they made them return them all. So I, so yeah, you've got me on my soapbox now. It's, it's, it's a kid's toy. <laughs> and it's a kid. And, and then maybe they say, all right, well, although travel may disagree with this, it, it, it it, this is not essential. I, I would say like things like sanitizer or toilet paper. If you were doing that, something that's essential, that is definitely, you know, ice before a storm, food. That's definitely criminal in my mind. It, maybe this would fall under the category of non-essential. But to me, there ought to be some sort of, you know, business ethics come down to, to charge. I mean, look, I mean, if it's four ninety nine and you go up to 2000, I don't know about that. I agree. got to be a blue and, book value on something like that. And maybe just maybe Chris, it's because I want to play it too, that I'm so angry about <laughs> it. <laughs> All right, so, so here's what we're going to ask our audience. Anybody knows how to get one. Can you help out Dave? Yes. Uh, give, give a, give a, the, the Twitter handle. You can reach Dave hooker at, at uh, the Dave Hooker Show, um, or you can find me on Facebook. I'm willing to go up to 800, but that's my top number. Or if you don't get that and you want to at Landry Football, I'll uh, let my man Dave know in it. Uh, PlayStation 5, if you know where to find them, uh, Dave, help a brother out. <laughs> I, will also buy, I will buy that person a subscription 
to uh, LandryFootball.com. Oh, I'll, I'll take care of that. I will. I tell you what, I will do that. <laughs> if you can help Dave out, I will comp a subscription to Landry Football. If you can give a lead to where we can find a PlayStation Five for Trammel, that's less than two thousand. If it's two grand. Don't bother our Twitter feed. Yeah, don't, yeah, um, don't, don't uh, you know? I, I, that's 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 un, that's insane. Well, saw, I wish you luck on that. Yeah, saw twenty six ninety nine even actually. Oh, I was like, I could, I could buy you a car. So have a fantastic week, everyone. He's Chris Landry. Go to landryfootball.com and learn more. I'm Dave Hooker, Hook and Landry. We'll talk to you in one week. Have a fantastic uh, Monday night and beyond. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.